Let me tell you about a program known as Clinical Pastoral Education, or CPE for short. CPE is a program wherein those who are training, usually training to go into the ministry, spend so many weeks in a clinical setting, such as a hospital or a nursing home, some sort of other residential facility. Every so often, perhaps one will, will go through CPE in a local church, but it's fairly rare. Usually, the, those who supervise the process prefer that you do so in a more clinical setting in which you perform the duties of a chaplain rather than a pastor. I took CPE between my second and third years of seminary. So it was during that summer, June, July, and a little bit of August. It was a 10-week intensive program. There are other versions, there are other options to taking this program. You can, you can spread it out more over the course of a few months or even a year, but for, for many of us, at, at least those with whom I was in seminary, the, the most convenient option was the intensive summer program so as not to interfere with our fall, winter, and spring classwork. My CPE was held at Forest Park Hospital in St. Louis. It no longer exists. It was torn down a number of years ago. And it was actually, it, it has a, a part, or had a part of history with the United Church of Christ. Before it was known as Forest Park Hospital, it was known as the Deaconess Hospital. The Deaconess Foundation was a, a dedicated group of women who served faithfully, and one of the ways that they served was to found this hospital. I was privileged that summer to meet two, the two remaining deaconesses who still lived in a residence that was connected to Forest Park Hospital. And that was a memorable experience in and of itself. A bit of living history, if you will. The other, the, here's a little bit more of how CPE functions. You are, like I said, considered a chaplain. Or really a, a chaplain 
intern. There is a lot more that goes into being considered a chaplain proper. But we we certainly had not achieved anything to that extent. Instead, we were there to learn and to immerse ourselves in a ministry experience. There were six of us in my little group, including myself. And seven, really, if you include the supervisor who would meet with us individually and as a group during this time. Now, not only are you meant to visit patients, you are also, as part of the educational experience, meant to write a series of papers known as verbatims. So you will choose one of your visits and you will recount what happened during that visit. You will recount as best you can, as best as your memory will allow. You will reconstruct the conversation that you had with the patient and everything else that happened, everything you did, everything the patient did, everything that maybe some other medical staff person who maybe wandered in during the visit did. And then you are also meant to recount how what you thought and how you were feeling during the visit. You do all of this as best you can, you document it, and then you pass out copies of it to your group of chaplain intern peers. At which point, they and the supervisor engage in a group deep dive into your motivations for everything that you did and everything that you said and every decision that you made, and every thought and feeling that you had. In an effort for you to more deeply understand yourself, in an effort to more deeply come to an understanding of what motivates you, what drives you, what causes you to maybe avoid doing certain things, and what causes you to, to engage in other things. It, as you might be able to imagine, can be a bit harrowing to have a half dozen or more people essentially dissect, or attempt, at any rate, your psyche. And so, on the one hand, I can't say that this was altogether enjoyable. I can, however, say that the actual chaplaincy piece, I, I actually got, I, I enjoyed that part. To the point where off and on over the subsequent years, I have dabbled with the possibility that maybe one day I could become a chaplain. That has not happened yet. I'll leave the door open, but 
that's not really at the forefront of my mind in this season of my life. Now, I had a group of friends, a group of seminary friends, who were also going through this experience in other area hospitals around St. Louis and the greater metropolitan area. And we frequently would get together, usually for lunch or sometime, sometimes in the evenings, to recount our different experiences, both with patients, but also with our supervisors and our peer groups. And I recall there were often times when, while as I listened to their experiences, particularly their interactions with their patients, where I would stop and wonder, well, should I be doing something different? There, are time, there were times when their, their, their level of competence just seemed to eclipse my own. And I would wonder, what, what, what more can I be doing in my own interactions? At times, I would flat out think, why can't I be or act more like them? This would also be the case when they would recount peer experiences. At times, it seemed as if their feedback and their interactions with their fellow chaplain interns seemed, seemed to reach a depth that I wasn't sure I had reached myself. And so I would continually compare these stories with my own, these various experiences, these various competency levels that that I was a bit jealous of because I didn't know that I was reaching them myself. But here's the thing. Here's the thing about their stories and the thing about my own story. Each of us were with a very different group of people with their own individual dynamic. We certainly had supervisors that each had vastly individual temperaments and approaches. And we were each in a very different setting that would bring its own unique challenges and experiences. I was at a smaller hospital while one of my friends was at one of the large, busy, downtown, trauma unit, inclusive hospitals. And another of my friends was at a residential facility where she would have the opportunity to keep interacting with the same patients each and every day. All of these would bring very different encounters, and each of these groups 
with whom they interacted in verbatim times would bring very different insights. And so, eventually, I could realize that comparing my experiences and my competencies and my story in general with theirs was unfair to me and unfair to them. This comparison that we can slip into with family, with friends, with professional colleagues, with others in our orbit. If we're not careful, it can lead us down a path that we're not meant to follow. Welcome to the Coffeehouse Contemplative Podcast. spend some time examining the ways in which we may end up comparing our own unique stories to someone else's. I've identified two overarching ways that this happens, and there may be more, but I think I, I'm pretty confident that it's it usually happens in one of two ways, and maybe occasionally both ways simultaneously, if we're really fortunate enough, I suppose. So, the first way that this happens is when someone else tries to make their story fit into yours or tries to make their your story fit into theirs so for instance have you ever had somebody you're 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 having trouble with some kind of a project, some kind of a, a process that you're going through, something, some goal that you are trying to achieve. And there is someone else nearby who is perhaps further along in the process, or they have already achieved that goal. And maybe, maybe they just happen to be around while you are pursuing this or maybe they're even in or supposed to be in some kind of a guiding mentoring supervising teaching kind of role and maybe you express some kind of frustration or you're 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 talking about some difficulty 
that you're having. And perhaps one of their responses to you is, well, if I could do it, you can do it. Or another variation on that might be something along the lines of, well, it was way worse for me when I went through it. The process has, for this, this, and this reason, actually become easier now that you're going through it, so I don't really see what the big deal is. Or, maybe the... Maybe the process is just as difficult as they went through it. And maybe you can even identify, or maybe, or maybe someone with, with knowledge and wisdom has identified that, you know what, there are pieces of this process that perhaps make less sense now than they used to. Or maybe, maybe they even say, this never made sense. Why did we make people do it? this way. But maybe that person, that observing person who is further down the road from you, may say, well, if I had to do it, if I had to do it that way, then surely those coming behind me have to do it that way. In other words, it has to be as bad for them as it was for me. So this is a type of story comparison where someone ends up, usually when one of these responses are given, ends up trivializing whatever expressed frustration or difficulty or even perhaps impossibility you are facing because, well, they were able to do it. And so what's the big deal? And the effect is that they minimize your experience. But they're also trying to convince you to see it in the same way that they do, that it's not as big of a deal. They want you to minimize what you're going through as much as they're doing. And instead to push through and come out the other side like they were able to. So that's the first way that we may end up in a situation where somebody else's story, we end up comparing ourselves to someone else. The second way, of course, is the way that we do it to ourselves, where we try to make another person's story our own. And we may do so in fairly similar ways to the way that other people try to force their story on us. We may also say, we may look at someone else and say, well, if they could do it, surely I also can do it. Maybe maybe they were, maybe they did have some additional things working against them that you can identify. So so you may say, well, if if they can do it, then then why am I having so much trouble? I have to I have to get through this as well. 
Or we may also say, well, well, they, they had to do this. They had to do this hard, nonsensical thing that people have realized is nonsensical, but it's still the way that, that we have to do it. So, well, if they had to do it, then, then I just need to suck it up and do things that way as well. Or, perhaps, for someone else in a similar part of the process. Like my CPE friends and colleagues, for instance. We may look at them, and we may say to ourselves, well, I, I need to keep up. Maybe I'm facing some challenges and it doesn't look like they are, but I, I still need I still need to keep pace. I, I need to keep hammering away because because I don't want to fall behind, even, even though, again, their individual, the individual particulars of their life is different, are different from yours. And that's the danger. That, that's, that's the real issue. Whenever we try to make somebody else's story our own, or whenever somebody else tries to impose their story on us, because regardless of the process more or less being the same, it's a different time. Your life is different from theirs. The particulars of your life are different from theirs in a multitude of ways. Perhaps the location, the context is different. Perhaps the people with whom you have to work to see yourself through it is, is different, will usually be different than when than the people that they journeyed with. Everything, basically, the particulars of one story are not one-to-one -one transferable to another. And that's really the bottom line. That's, that's really the, the crux of the problem whenever we are tempted to compare our story to someone else's. It simply is not the same. There are different factors at play, different roadblocks, different challenges, different circumstances. Everything about it essentially is different. And so there isn't going to be a, a simple going through of the process the exact same way that someone else did once upon a time or is doing at the same time that you are. And so the first step in recognizing that our story is unique to us is recognizing that there is no true way that it can be compared to another's. 
there very possibly can be specific advice that can be shared if you find yourself or if and when you find yourself stuck in a situation where you are comparing your story to someone else's or someone else is comparing your story to theirs. There, there are ways to address, to figure out how to deal with times when that arises that just like your unique story will be unique to that situation. So instead of trying to, well, if A, then B, give that kind of advice, instead, I want to offer up some general factors or some general ideas with which to work as you are trying to figure out how best to remind yourself and to remind others that your story is truly your own with its own particulars and so on. So I want to name a couple of these factors to keep in mind to, to explore, to struggle with, and to consider if you need help reminding yourself that your story should not be compared to someone else's or can only be compared to someone else's within a, a certain reasonable sort of sphere. So the very first thing to remember is the role that guilt may be playing that you you may be comparing your story to someone else and it may be causing feelings of guilt well why aren't i further along how come i'm i'm not keeping up with this other person how come i can't do this the way that this other person who went through it before me did it why 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 am i having much, so much more trouble. Why am I struggling? Why am I falling behind? And there, there is guilt in that. Guilt is one of the things that is at the root of those sorts of questions and thoughts. And, and at the root of that is also trying to should yourself along. You are shoulding on yourself. You are putting more pressure on yourself, way more than you would otherwise be feeling. And that kind of pressure and that kind of guilt can even cause you to feel out of sorts, can get you off of your rhythm or your game as you are going through whatever it is that, that you're trying to do. So recognizing the role of guilt and the role of pressure and the role of shoulds in the process and in your comparison 
can be important. Another, another thing to consider would be the presence or the lack of presence of good boundaries. Comparing our stories to others brings a, or really breaks down the boundaries between ourselves and someone else. Setting a boundary instead helps us see more clearly the ways that our story is different, that our story is our own. When we're able to take a few steps back and view the differences between our stories can help us see more clearly that, no, this really isn't the same. It kind of seems like it, and maybe in a little way that there, there are some similarities, but eventually those similarities stop. And where those similarities stop, we set a wall. We set a boundary, and we can say that's as far as that can go. And the rest of it is up to me. Which leads to another thing, a very similar thing, that of differentiation. Recognizing that we are different. And not only recognizing it, but declaring it. That we are different. and We are going to differentiate ourselves and we are going to differentiate our story from that of another. To set up that boundary and to be clear that... These are not perfect one-to-one scenarios. Another. And really another similar one. Of course, these are all connected. Celebration. Celebration. Not only should we differentiate ourselves from the story of another, but we can also even celebrate those differences. We are unique. We are particular. We have needs and we have gifts and we have opportunities that are unique to us. And we can even celebrate that they're unique. We can celebrate our differences instead of trying to flatten them in order to conform and fit in somebody else's story. Related to celebration is permission. Giving ourselves permission to do any of this, to not feel as guilty, to celebrate our differences, to put up boundaries and differentiate ourselves from others. We have permission to do that. And that's part of of addressing the guilt and the shooting that we may feel. Realizing that we have permission not to heap more guilt upon ourselves. The last one I want to name is communication. It may often be the case that we can't keep 
these boundaries, this celebration, this differentiation, this permission giving to ourselves, especially if we are facing down somebody who wants our story to be similar to theirs or exactly like theirs. We need to communicate the way that our story is different, that we're not facing things the same way as they did or the same ways that they are, that it is different for us. And reminding them of how it is different can be important, not just, not just for our differentiation, but also for them to realize that no, it's not as simple as just following the same template, the same pattern, walking in the same exact footsteps as them. Communicating that can be beneficial for others who try to place ourselves in boxes as much as it can be beneficial for us if we are feeling tempted or guilted into making someone else's story our own. So, these sorts of factors can play a role in whatever the particular way we handle, whatever the particular way we first recognize that we're doing this to ourselves or somebody else is doing it to us, in recognition that it's happening. And then, after that, figuring out how best to correct it, avoid it, set forth on our own path instead. Because our stories are our own. Not to be co-opted, not to be forced into another story that is being written at the same time or that was written in a different era. Instead, our stories are for us to tell and for us to live. And it is for us to find out for ourselves how best to do that. Thank you for listening to the Coffee House Contemplative Podcast. I'm Jeff Nelson. You can find more about my writing, including all my books, at jeffreynelson.com. You can also find me on social media, Jeffrey A. Nelson on Facebook, and I'm at Bold Roast Rev on Instagram and elsewhere. Have a great week.